Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey, good morning. Um, you know, I, as I was looking at what we're going to be sharing today, do you realize that this is probably the longest series I think I've ever done at uh, ICC IFGF? It's, it's just the longest series. It was something that we decided to do uh, back in December. I think it's so appropriate for what's happening. I know some of the people, the responses that we've been getting is uh, they're, they're like strong messages. They're challenging. And you know what? Let's do it, right? Let's get challenged. Let's, let's do something that makes us, you know, let's make our light shine out. And, and so we're still in the book of Revelation. Actually, next week, we're going to do a series within a series because we are now uh, in Revelations chapter 4, 5, a little of six and some of seven. You'll see what we're going to talk about. Now, I just want to be clear. We're not going to go through every book, every chapter of Revelation. God specifically told me uh, back in December uh, what, what chapters he wanted me to cover. And so we are now in chapter four today, uh, but it's really a combination of four, five, and six. And uh, have you ever read those books? Um, have you ever read those books, uh, or I know they were like some bestsellers, people who died and, and came back to life. You know, I think there's one called 90 Minutes in Heaven. They, they tell the story about how they kind of were, you know, near-death experiences, and they see heaven, and man, you know, and so, can I tell a little joke? In some ways, I kind of hope that happens to me. My wife will not want that, that, so that I can write a book and make a lot of money. If you really want to read a book if you really want to read a book about heaven and understand all about heaven, Revelation is your place. There was a book written a long time ago in the book of Revelation about heaven, and he, he saw heaven. And unlike the near-death experiences, uh, the Holy Spirit was telling John what to write so that we can get a very, very accurate, accurate picture of what heaven is all about. So we're going to jump into Revelation 4, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to, it, today, I'm just going to concentrate on the first couple of verses, but in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what happens in heaven. And uh, anyways, before I get ahead of myself, let's read out of Revelations chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 6. It says, after this, I looked uh, so after he wrote the, the letters to the church, after Jesus gave him the letters to write to the churches, he says, and there before me stood a door, a door standing open in heaven. And then a voice had, uh, excuse me, and then a voice I had first heard speaking to me uh, like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Once uh, at once I was in the spirit and there before me was the throne uh, in heaven. He was like standing in front of the throne with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby and the rainbow had shone like a emerald uh, encircled around the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 uh, th other thrones and, and seated on them were 24 elders and they were dressed in white, and they had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were seven lamp, uh, lamps uh, were blazing bright. 
These seven spirits, these were the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, uh, there was uh, what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So we're going to be talking about just basically the first two verses, and we're going to get into it. Before I do, I really want to lay something down, and next week I'm going to talk even more specific about this, and that is this idea of like uh, our thoughts about heaven. It's really uh, important that we kind of get, I really want you to kind of get the right thoughts and what is happening in the book of Revelation and what God is trying to do. The first thing that, that God is trying to do, remember, we talked about how uh, the, the churches were there and God wants to get them ready to, to go through maybe some more difficult times. He kind of knows difficult times is coming. And so he kind of shows them like some areas that they need to change. But then right before all of this happens, what is the, one of the most important things that we can get a revelation of? And, and that is, before we go through trials, and that is our destiny and our identity. Meaning heaven is our citizenship, it's our identity, it's our destiny. And so it builds hope, and hope is so important. As a matter of fact, I like what Pastor Jeff said this week in some of our discussions. He said that hope actually is what builds faith. If we don't have hope, then faith is kind of very stale, but when we have hope, it builds our faith. And so John, well, Jesus actually, is wants the churches, wants you, wants me to get an idea, a glimpse of heaven so that we can have a great deal of hope no matter what we go through. And the second thing here is that God, we have to remember something, that God is, is not in the throwaway business. He's in the restoring business. He's not in the business of throwing things away. I know that today, in today's society, we have like just such throwaway stuff. Uh, uh, recently, uh, you know, my helmet uh, fell, uh, fell on the ground and, and the shield popped off. And I kept trying to fix it and I couldn't really fix it that well. And I, I brought it to someone that was pretty good with their hands and, and, and they knew all about helmets and they looked at it and they said, just get a new one. And that's kind of our idea. Just get a new one. But God is not in that kind of business. He's in, he's in the restoration business. He is in the business of restoring all things. And so he doesn't want us to have a mentality here. When he's showing us heaven, he doesn't want us to have a mentality here that says, boy, I can't wait to get out of here. He doesn't want us to, I'm getting out of here mentality. If we get a mentality that, hey, listen, you know what? This world is all just going to burn. Who cares? I can't wait to get out of here. You know, well, if we have that kind of mentality, then we will not love that which we're in. We will not care for that which we're in. And God is not in the I'm out of here business. Thank God he's not. Thank you, Jesus. You are not in the business of I'm out of here. You know, every time when you look in the Old Testament, when, when God like says he repents, like he repented that he ever made man, uh, he says that in a couple of places, it, it, what's his first response? His first response is to look back down onto earth and find what he can restore and begin to restore those things. So he doesn't want us to have a get out of here mentality. As a matter of fact, 
Uh, our mentality should be this. And I like this quote uh, that, I, that I was reading and, and I heard this week. It says, uh, you don't have to have a life uh, that you don't live a life here for heaven. What you do is you live a life here from heaven. So you have a heavenly perspective on earth. And so we need to live from heaven to earth, not I'm out of here going to heaven mentality. Because that's what God's mentality is. You know what you've forgotten? See, stop looking. And you who are always studying, stop looking. I'm not telling you to stop looking. But what I mean is stop concentrating on chapters 7 through chapter 18 of Revelation. Everybody wants to concentrate on who's the beast, who's the antichrist, what is this, what's going to happen next. But, but, but. Guess what? Start reading chapters 19, 20, 21, 22. Woohoo! Then you're going to start saying hallelujah. Because see, we're not going into these chapters. We're going into 19 and 20 and 21. We're going into those chapters. Those chapters are heaven. God is doing the stuff on earth and those uh, beginning chapters and chapters 7 through uh, 19, all those things that are happening on earth. He's going through all those things. Why? Because he's bringing a new earth. Hallelujah. We are going up to come down. Do you know that? We're going up to come down. You realize that, right? It says that we're going to go up in the rapture. Hallelujah. And we're going to see the glory. And guess what? Look at chapters 20 and 21. We will be later. What happens? The new earth comes down. God's destiny for us is to live in a restored world here. I'm going to get ahead of myself because I think I'm going to share a lot of that next week. But I want you to get this mentality that don't just, you know, uh, get out of here mentality. That's not what God has for us. God has a let's restore Let's have a restoration mindset that we restore our brothers and sisters. We restore the world. We restore the oceans. We restore. That's God's mentality. God's eyes. <laughs> we keep looking up and God keeps looking down. What kind of heart do you want to have? God wants to look, have a, has eyes from heaven. That's what we're supposed to have. And if you notice from chapter four all the way through the end of Revelation, John writes from a perspective of heaven. He got put up to heaven. And from there, when he goes up to heaven here in this chapter, we'll talk about this. From then on, he writes from a perspective of heaven. And by the way, God has given us authority and dominion over this world. So if the world becomes worthless, if we look at the world as worthless and it becomes worthless, whose fault is that? He's given us authority. He's given us the, the godly authority to restore. And so if this world becomes worthless, God said, well, I gave you authority to restore it. I gave you power to restore it. It's our job to restore. Okay. So let's look at verses chapter. I got a little excited there. Hope you can handle that. Um, anyways, Revelations 4, 1 and 2. Uh, it says, after this, I'm going to read it again. After this, there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and there was a voice uh, I had heard at first, like he heard in chapter one. 
uh, and it was like a trumpet, and it said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place. And at once, this in, I was in the spirit, and there before me was the throne with someone sitting on this. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. We're just going to kind of walk right through this passage, and we're going to kind of look at the things that are said here. First, he, he uses this term after this. He actually uses it twice, if you notice. He uses it twice. He says, after this, right? After this, I looked. So what he's saying there is, John's saying, after I wrote the letters, God told me to wrote the letters, uh, write the letters to uh, the churches. After that, then I saw. But then later in the verse, it says, I will to- tell you what will happen after this. So the, the voice is telling him, listen, I'm going to tell you what happens after, meaning what's to come. So he is going to be prophetic here, and he's giving him answers about what is to take place. And again, I'm going to say, he's showing them, I'm going to say it again, he's not showing them just chapters 6 through 19. See, that's what happens. We get so caught up in what's happening. What he's showing you is chapters Chapter 6 through 19 or 7 through 19. Do you know how long that is? Very short. It's like really short. It's not long at all. But guess what? Chapters 19 through 21 and at the end of the chapters, 22, that's, that's the longest part. Why do we keep looking at such a short part? After this, after this, heaven will come down. That's what's going on. I want you to know, and hallelujah, when we go up, I'm going to say it again, when we go up, guess what? We're coming down. Woo-hoo! We're coming down. We're coming down with the king, and we're coming down in robes of white. We're coming down with, with glorified bodies, with a glorified world, with a glorified Jerusalem. Woo! That's what's going to happen after this. So when someone says, what's going to take place after this? Don't say the Antichrist is coming. Say Jesus and all of us are coming. That's what's happening after this. That little piece is nothing. When you see, oh, I'm preaching now. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm jumping off the uh, stage. But I'll be doing that soon. When we see, it says later on at the end of Revelation, when we see the devil, we're going to say that little thing, that's what caused all the problem. Stop looking as if he's big. He's not big. So he will tell you after this, he's showing you some things. And then it says a door. He's looked after this. He looked and he saw a door standing open. Now, interesting here, it's already open. You know why it's already open? Because it's open right now. That's the beautiful thing. It's open right now. We live under open heavens. We live under open heavens because Jesus opened the door a long time uh, a long time ago when he died on the cross and rose again he, we live under open heavens because he is the door and he has says i am the way the truth and the life and he opens the door he says through me you can enter in so he has a door wide open for us and it is open now so we live under open heavens now It's interesting that they don't say John looked up and he saw a door and then he opened the door. The door was already open. And trust me, and we're going to be talking about this in the next couple of weeks. When we begin to worship, we can get glimpses of the open door over us. 
When we walk in God, we will begin to see the open heavens above us, which means we have access both up and down, meaning we can access heaven and we can get the things and then we can bring heaven down. It's an open door. It's very important that we understand that, that we don't have to, uh, uh, we don't have to strive and, and, and work hard to see heaven. There's already an open door for us and the Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. Number three, it says, the voice, first I, the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet uh, speaking and saying it to me, like a trumpet. Where have we heard that before? In Revelations chapter one, it was like a trumpet. And God's voice, Jesus's voice is very recognizable. That's the first thing we can learn here is that you can recognize the voice of God. You can recognize his voice. You start listening You start hearing, you start tuning your ear, tuning your spirit to hearing the voice of God. And as you do, you will will hear the voice. Just this past week, uh, I had uh, the wonderful privilege of seeing someone come to Jesus. It was so beautiful. And and so they asked to meet with me. And as I was driving over to my friend's house to meet with them, I kept I was just praying. I kept praying. I said, God, God. And I kept hearing baptism, baptism, baptism. Now, this person hadn't talked to me about baptism. I kept hearing baptism. I got to the house and I looked at my friend. I said, I said, uh, Steve, Stefan, I said, I need to borrow some shorts. He's like, why? I said, I need to borrow some shorts and t shirt. He said, why? I said, because this girl is going to ask to get baptized. I know she is because I heard the voice. You can train your voice and his voice will become recognizable. And that's what's happening to John. Remember, John is on the island of Patmos. He was walking with Jesus for three years and then even more, always in prayer. He knew the voice. And when he heard the voice, he turned towards it, always turn towards the voice. And so that day we ended up leading uh, that, that girl just, just said the most beautiful prayer of salvation. She opened her heart to Jesus. We watched Jesus come in and as she came up out of the prayer, she looked at me and she said, I want to be baptized. I looked over at Stefan. Stefan started laughing. I said, well, he's got, the, he's got the shorts for me and he's got the stuff for you. And, you know, so his wife gave uh, stuff to her and we baptized her. It was such a beautiful time. Then it says, come up here. Now, what's interesting is I'm going to share a couple of thoughts here. It's interesting here. He says, come up here. Now, the first thing we can learn here is what? When Jesus speaks, it happens because it says, when he said, come up here, it says, immediately I was in the spirit and I was in front of the throne. This is how we can rely upon the voice of the Lord. When the Lord speak, it happens. We can be certain it will happen. That's why he says, if you trust in me with all your heart, if you, if you accept me and receive me, I give you the power to become the children of, of God. He says, if you trust in me and you believe in the one who sent me, you will pass from death to life. That will happen in an instant if you just receive Jesus. I know there are people out there right now who have not yet given their heart to God. They're listening. They have a wife, maybe. As a matter of fact, I think they have a wife. I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. Anyways, they have a wife, and, and that wife has been telling them about Jesus, and they're kind of afraid to come. Trust me, today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. 
Open up your heart. Let Jesus in. Ask him to forgive you. He will not judge you and condemn you. He will restore you, like I said, he's in the restoring business. And he will restore you, and open heavens will come to you. And when open heavens open, you'll be able to see Jesus high and lifted up. And there'll be a, I'm telling you, anyone who receives, there's a party in heaven, and they just clap. They're excited for you to come. So today, come to Jesus. Come to him. Right now, come to him. Stop. Whatever you're doing, you've been listening. You've been watching. You've been thinking. Even some of you maybe have been feeling like you've run away. Turn back. Just like John, when he heard the voice, you're hearing the voice right now. Turn back. Turn back. And God will receive you and he will bring you into his home. Now, what's really interesting here is that we see this whole thing. We see, we, see, uh, it's, we see John hearing a voice that sounds like a trumpet. We're seeing him turn to uh, that voice. We see, uh, we see the, the, then the spirit says, come up here. Now, I don't know about you. There are actually some who believe this. I'm not convinced. I don't think this is exactly uh, the place in which uh, it occurs. But it says, some have believed that this is actually... Uh, the rapture. This is actually the rapture because what? We hear a trumpet, they turn and they come up and they go before, they go before God. But it, even if it isn't the rapture, it's just like the rapture. See, John, just like all the saints in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, they will hear a voice and Jesus will come back and he will take them home. It says in Acts chapter uh, one, Jesus said in the same, uh, the angel said about Jesus, in the same way he ascended, he will come back and he will return. We know that Jesus is coming. He's coming back to take his family home. Woohoo! And then when he takes us home, guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna take us home. And then he's gonna bring the home back down. Glory to God. I get so excited about that. And so we see this a similarity. We see that the destination of just like the rapture is that we're going to go up. And that's exactly what the rapture says we're going to do. John chapter 14, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 again, verse 17. And then like John, those who are raptured, those are the ones who are, who are basically uh, sealed, as it says in Ephesians. Those who are sealed with the Holy Spirit those are his family, and those are the ones that are going to hear the trumpet, and they're going to go. People ask me all the time, when do you think Jesus is coming? Is this the sign? Is this the sign? Is this part of his age? Are we like in the seven years? Are we halfway through? Is it three and a half years? All of these different things. When the temple gets built, then it's going to start. All of these, all of these, you know what I always say? And I know Pastor Jessica says it along with me. You know what? We're not exactly sure when he's going to come. As a matter of fact, the only one that knows is the Father. But I can be sure of this. We will hear his voice because we have been tuning our ear. We have been serving him. We've been loving him. We've been remaining faithful. And when the Lord comes back, he will find faith in us and he will call us home. Glory to God. And that's the point. Are you going to hear the voice? Are you going... To those who don't know him, he's going to come like a thief. He's going to just come and take it. And so John hears the voice like the trumpet in 1 
Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 52, as well as 1 Thessalonians again. Verse Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is filled with the idea of the rapture. And then it says, come up here. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the rapture. So although I think this may not be the place uh, where the rapture is, I don't think you can use this to say this is the rapture. It's exactly similar to what will happen in the rapture. And today I want you to hear his voice because I want you to be ready. So this is the idea. I just wanted to share that with you because you have to do some teaching along the way. So there's an open door. There's a, there's, there's, there's after this, then, then he hears the voice. Look, sounds like a trumpet. He's before the throne. And then it says, I will show you the things that are to take place. Now, here's the interesting part. Like I said before, John, from chapter 4 all the way through the rest of the book, he writes from a perspective of heaven. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week, but I want, I want to say to you that if you're trying to, even, even if you're here and you're trying to understand chapters uh, uh, 6 and, and what's happening on earth, if you are not looking at it from a heavenly perspective, you will never understand it. You will never understand this world from a worldly perspective. You'll never understand this world from a political perspective. You'll never understand this world through a human perspective. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, the only way to understand the mind of God is to, un- is to have the spirit of God. The only way for me to understand a person is to have his spirit within me. In the same way, the only way that we can have the mind of God is to have his spirit in us. The only way to understand this world truly is from a heavenly perspective. And so we need to get a heavenly perspective. Uh, again, I'm gonna, just going to, I've just been so challenged by some of the things that we've been learning over the last few weeks. Uh, Pastor Jeff mentioned this too. I've said this before. We cannot even understand a person We cannot speak to them the words of God. We cannot understand them. We cannot see them the way God sees them unless we get a heavenly perspective and see that person like God sees them. I want you to take a moment right now before we even, I'm going to get very practical here for one second. I want you to think of the person that you're struggling with. It's what I've been doing recently. Take that person. Maybe you're judging them. Maybe you're bitter towards them. Maybe they did some things towards you. See, and I want you to know that when you're looking at them right now in that kind of uh, feeling, that kind of attitude, you are not looking at them through a heavenly perspective. You can't see them. You can't see them the way God sees them because God doesn't see them like that. He doesn't see them like that. He sees them through the eyes of grace, through the eyes of mercy, through the eyes of who they can be. He sees them in an amazing way. Thank God he sees us like that. That's the thing. You're looking at them, and you're looking at them through your eyes, and you're like thinking your judgment is right. Aren't you glad that God doesn't look at you the same way you look at them? You'd be in trouble. So we need to get a heavenly perspective. We need to get a heaven. Now, I'll give you one more quick uh, side note. This is a freebie for you. Um, how, do you how do you love care for, and actually able to sit 
comfortably in peace in the presence of someone who completely disagrees with your view. Even if it's a completely disagrees with your godly view. And I heard this example this week. I thought it was a great example. Someone was sharing. And they said this. They said, like, for example, uh, someone might fully, like, before uh, uh, abortion. You know, and, 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 and he was saying, I, I, I don't believe that. I, I'm fully for, uh, you know. And, and they keep talking. This person who's for abortion keeps talking about how they care about the woman. And how they really care about that woman. And this person said, I don't agree with their position. I believe that abortion is wrong. But I try to hear the cry of the heart. And the cry of the heart of that person is to help the woman. And in that, I can appreciate. And in that, I can actually understand. And in that, I can actually meet them, talk to them, care for them. Because that cry to help the woman is is, is very important too. This is the thing. Many times, the people that we disagree with, they have a, a cry of the heart that actually is probably a decent cry of the heart. Maybe the conclusion is wrong. Maybe the way to do it is wrong. But there's a, there's a cry somewhere in their heart. And I believe that's how God looks at them. God looks to the, to the cry of the heart, the godly cry. And he works from that place. And from that place, he wants to restore that person. And that's what I'm talking about. So... When we're dealing with what I will show you, we need to have a heavenly perspective. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that in, in, in worship and how we can get a heavenly perspective through worship. Because that's what's going on in chapters 4 and 5 and some of 6 and even a little bit of 7. We see heaven, and what do we see in heaven? We see this intense worship of God. So we're going to be talking about that over the next few weeks. Today, when you hear his voice, turn to that voice. Look up. See the open heavens. Know that you can enter in. Come before the throne, as it says in Hebrews, and receive the mercy that you so desperately need. We need mercy. Finally, I want you to remember this point. Do not have the throwaway mentality, like you're out of here mentality. You will never love someone that you're running away from. You will never love someone who you want to get away from and look forward to getting to a different place. Get God's perspective. I'm going to pray for that right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, right now, I pray for everyone who is listening. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts and minds in such a way that we begin to see like you see. We begin to feel like you feel. We begin to have the same compassion that you have, Lord God. We begin to walk like you walk. We begin to walk out of a character of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and gentleness, and self-control. That, Lord, the fruit of the Spirit begins to flow out of our minds, not, Lord God, not just out of our mouth, but even out of our heart that that is fully engaged into loving that person in front of us. Lord, let us be restorers and redeemers. I pray these things in Jesus' name.